Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Food Alchemy Network. We invite you to tune in, tune up, and tune out. All the distractions bring forth a new mindset of open, higher frequency vibration. We want you to sit back, close your eyes with us for this moment, and meditate before we begin our journey. We want to invite you to glide with us throughout the galaxy as we touch other higher frequencies. And unite on Food Alchemy Network. Where we bring in inspiration, joy, education, insightful, loving vibration. Dr. Cicely D'Angelo promises to bring you ways to up-level to another level each and every broadcast. So stay tuned to Food Alchemy Network. Dr. Cicely D'Angelo will be your guide She is the captain of Food Alchemy Network. Thank you for staying tuned and dialing in to Food Alchemy Network. Hello, everyone. How are you? I am Dr. D, a.k.a. Food Alchemist from Food Alchemy Network. Thank you and welcome for coming to my channel. And we're going to talk today of a memory of an earth angel that transitioned on August 6, 2015. I want to take you through a journey, a journey that can be magical. It also can be heartwarming. It also can be heartfelt. Um, in uh, many ways that we haven't thought about when someone transitioned. How do we go about it? How do we accept it? And some of the steps of things and emotions that we experience. It's been five years um, and a month now, and a couple days would be five months, and uh, five years and one month. 
You know, we go through different stages. So I want to walk you through the things that can happen, things that um, were actually life-changing for me uh, during this experience of uh, losing a loved one, not only a loved one, but my firstborn that was brought to me at the age of 23, um, which was wonderful. And some people say that it gets easier day by day. Some people say that you can live in sadness. Some people say that you can actually go into a depression and never come up, and some people say that you don't want to live and go on. So there's different memories, different things that we walk through, and some people say because you're a metaphysician or a metaphysical person or a spiritual person, you're not supposed to grieve, you're not supposed to have emotion. You're supposed to just go with the flow and just accept it for what it is because, you know, in this 3D life form that we live, that that is just all a part being part of that entity or realm. So I say to those, unless you walked in the shoes and experienced what another person experienced, do not make judgment. And the way you deal with stuff is different than anybody that you see. Um, hold on for one second. I am having, I'm going to go to a commercial real quick. Uh, Have you seen those truffles that sit on the table over there? They're made with sugar and spice and everything nice. No, no, no. They're made with the goodness and sweetness of all things natural. From cacao to agave to herbs you never heard from distant, distant lands that helps the body and bring the body in balance with itself. Have you ever had that experience? If you would like an orgasmic experience, try the truffle organic that are vegan and kosher friendly, created by Dr. D. Run out and get it today. Dr. D. Uh, AKA and Dr. Cicely D'Angelo. Try them. Go on her page and order a truffle alchemy experience. Okay, everybody, I'm back. I had to take a quick commercial break real quick because of the fact that I am um, had a little issue. Take care. Some things are going live. Not everything in your environment actually vibes right all the time. It goes in all divine time, so maybe it's a break for me to get my head together. Maybe it's a break for me to regroup or whatever, so it presented an opportunity. And I thought, why not just break? put a commercial on. That was 55 seconds. So not that long, not even one one minute. So let's talk about uh, the things that you can go through. Um, as I said, my um, lovely um, eldest is now a elder, and my elder as well as my earth angel. Um, I decided, uh, as I'm going down this memory night, I wanted to do something to celebrate uh, my youngest, actually, at the time, was uh, going to go graduate from high school, and we were going to all plan to move to another country. That's what we've been waiting for. We, as a family, always wanted to live overseas, so this was my journey, my time. So I had made plans, me, my eldest, and my youngest, to actually uh, decide to be a global citizen. 
a global family, if you will. So uh, that was planned, and we were buying the ticket, and my son told me right after his prom that he did not want to actually go there. So that, you know, we rearranging everything. What I did is I made a decision that uh, he could stay here, and my eldest at the time decided that she would stay behind and be the support for my son because she was like a second mother to him. So that was wonderful. Um, also, if you guys don't know, my daughter was also had end-stage renal uh, failure. She was uh, placed um, on dialysis and had received dialysis since she was 12, um, being in my home. But uh, she was not on any medications. She's had, had a transplant in her life. My child at the time had over, we want to say over 200 or something surgeries, uh, some not so successful, some that were forced, and a lot of obstacles. Um, she is why you, the person you see today is why I'm here. But uh, she went through a lot and journeyed a lot and became quite mature, um, very responsible. Um, she had her down times and her happy times and her sad times. But she also completed her associates and business management while in high school. So she got a high school degree as well as an associate's degree from college and decided that she wanted to go on to her master's uh, overseas, um, which I wasn't aware of at the time. So uh, she is a very active young lady, and the questions that she was asked as um, from a doctor, how is she able to survive being on dialysis and not being on medications because most people that are in her position always need some kind of medication or need some kind of failure of something, but that didn't seem to be the case for her. So that was quite disheartening um, for her and uh, for me uh, to hear that, that someone was uh, questioning her ability of how she was making it. Um, quite sad, actually, because the body is... Um, repairable and repairs with healing modality with the right people if you know who to contact or if it's all, as we say, in divine time. And I happen to be very blessed to um, have that on my side. So that back a little background story of her and what was going on. Um, we made the decision. I bought my ticket. And I was to leave in July, but my intuitive uh, spirit was pulling me, and I was talking to a spiritual friend about something was telling me I needed to go, and one side was saying I needed to stay. So I don't know which one it was, but um, I sat down and talked it over with my eldest, and she says, Mom, this is what you wanted to do. I believe you should go. So... Uh, Spirit was saying, you're going to regret it if you go, and you're going to regret it if you don't go. So I decided to go. In the meantime, me and my eldest um, had did some classes, uh, like Muna Aiki, and that was Earth Keeper of that. So she got her Muna Aiki degree um, with an individual, 
and I became a Mudaiki means earth keeper uh, of shamanic practice. So we did that. So before I left, we did that in the month of July, before I left to go for the leap. So she was there. Um, that Tuesday, I noticed something not quite being right, and I told her that she needed to sit down and talk with her uh, physician and figure out what was going on uh, about something she was having with her machine that wasn't quite right. Um, at that time, they put her under extensive tests in July uh, in order to be on this special portable um, machine. So it's a, a son that, and she was at Davida. So for her to get portable dialysis instead of doing hemodialysis, hemodialysis is a place um, when you go to the center like three times a week and you have to actually um, go into the center and it's a couple of hours. You can be on a machine for four to five or six hours. all depends on what it is. So you might get a schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, and you can go in the morning or you can go in the night. They have all different types of schedules. Then they have the ones at nighttime dialysis, uh, where you would go in at nighttime, at late at night, around about maybe I'll say about eight or nine. You're put on a machine and then you get up in the morning, and you're supposed to lay down. Each center is very different that I learned um, there through Zavita and um, Furnace. Uh, our hospital, the different dialysis system that they actually have there. So it's quite uh, different in how they set up everything. So that being said, giving you a little background, she wanted to go on a portable where she would do it at home. It would allow her to actually travel. It would allow her to do a lot more activities that all she had to do is when she come home and sit in her chair or her bedroom or whatever and do dialysis. And that means her area has to be very sterile, no air drafts, none of this stuff. It has to be a sterile area. So, you know, you got to be really copacetic in keeping it clean. Now, before that, in order for her to do that, they have to make sure that her system is going to be um, accepting of this type of treatment. Now, this is not our first time when she was much younger. We tried to do peritoneal dialysis. It did not work. Um, so it also caused her to have a heart attack uh, while she was at high school. And they ran and they had to take her from the hospital and uh, from high school, matter of fact, from high school and actually drive her to the hospital. And I beat them there. Um, I got a call. I was doing my run rounds um, for my business, and I got a phone call that I needed to meet my daughter at the hospital, or the nurse was asking me, what do you think I should do? I was like, if her blood pressure, this is a normal question, if her blood pressure is raised, she doesn't look good, what do you think you're supposed to do? You are a nurse. You already are in working in a school. That kind of frustrates me, me and the parents. But uh, getting back to the issue at hand, I told her to call emergency and have her there. So I followed her, followed them, and beat them, like I said, beat them to the emergency room. And it was uh, – seeing that the machine that she was put on uh, raised her blood pressure, gave, put more pressure on her heart than it was supposed to because it was not taking the fluid out accurately as it was supposed to. So this, again, this is her second time um, being on peritoneal dialysis. Uh, so she's tried it a, a various times, so we're thinking that it'll get better. 
you have to get educated. You have to learn. So we've been through that, and we did it again. <laughs> and she says, Mom, this is imperative. You know, she said, I'm 23. You got to let me do what I need to do. So me being the mother that I am, I had to accept that she knew better what to do than I would know what to do. And that it was for her to grow and actually learn and actually uh, be an adult and me step back and stop interfering. And that is hard for a parent like myself. I'm very hands-on parent trying to protect uh, my children of anything that I see. And sometimes it's hard. it was hard for me as a parent to stand back and watch them make mistakes. But in order for your children to learn, you have to be able to step back. And at this case, I did. I did step back. I stepped back in this area and let it go, even though I had a feeling something was wrong, even to the surgery when she had it in July before I left. And, I again, I told you, you think I should stay back because you're having this surgery and cancel my trip maybe for next month. And she said, no, Mom, you need to go on this trip, and I'm going to be all right. And I said, okay. So I took that in stride. So I left uh, two weeks later for my trip after graduating, feeling she had the tools. She was a Reiki. Um, she was second-level Reiki. Mona IT shaman. Um, she knew some things to do, um, being around me as a herbalist, and also being around this kind of healing modality, um, talking. And she also did reading, so I figured this would be, you know, really good for her to let her be on her own and actually um, help her get step up and be an adult, if you know what I mean. And I thought this would help in a lot of ways. I thought that's what um, I would be doing by letting that um, go. So kind of hard as a parent to step back and see those things that our children do. But the only way they're going to learn sometimes is making mistakes and um, doing it. You know what I mean? Doing what they need to do. But getting back to my trip. So um, I got to my trip, and I got to Belize, and the person was supposed to be waiting for me. It was, like, really funny. The person that was supposed to be waiting for me was not actually there. So um, I had Verizon, and they said, Verizon was everywhere. Um, I was not able to call the person in the country I was in. Um, so my daughter for me, intervene, and basically communicated why my internet worked over the bison and communicated with them, and then he let me know he was going to be there. And where I was going and said, Ignacio was like a, it was like, a, I think, like two, two to three hour ride, can't even remember. And the gentleman I got was so wonderful, took me uh, there, uh, we stopped and got something to eat before we went further than San Ignacio, going over the bridge into the village of San Ignacio, um, took me and dropped me off at the house, the lady met me at the house, knew I was coming, got my key, and made some beautiful friends as Rachel, she was RN, she uh, and I corresponded before I got there, so that's been really beautiful. So I was ready, set up, and then the next day I was able to move in. I had a bed. 
um, it was really nice. And then I went out and bought pots and pans and all of that the next day. So it was really like me starting over and getting to know for the next couple of days. Um, I talked to my daughter because I had um, internet, and that's thanks to my neighbor. I was able to talk to her um, at night. We would do the Skyping between me, her, and my son. So it was never any time that we kind of were out of touch. Only the time we were when I let them know that I was going from flight to flight to flight, which was, you know, really nice. Um, so I had talked to my daughter and I asked her about an appointment that I asked her to make, and she said that they said that the machine, uh, they told her to up her levels in her bag, and she said, okay, and I asked her, was, you know, fluid coming off? You know, just little mom questions that you asked, and she said, no, it wasn't, and I said, well, I think you need to make an appointment to see the doctor again and let them know. As a matter of fact, call them, and she said, mom, I will. So that was good. So I was feeling good. So she went out and talked to her. She said she went back. They said, you know, uh, they're going to see her, that they're going to try to fix this, that it was okay. So I was feeling pretty good, comfortable, getting to know, getting relaxed just then. And then um, I want to say August 5th to 6th, it was the worst storm ever. The worst storm ever to happen. Um, in Belize and San Ignacio, we had a lot of wind and a lot of stuff. And um, I had something come over me and say that um, that it was not my time to leave this earth, but I didn't understand. So I felt so good. I decided to make a video, and I was all excited, like, A1, getting this done, tell people about my experience. I got on the Internet, and it's working, telling people what's going on, doing videos like I had to day before, but something was a lull in my, um, yeah, so I called my daughter and was on Skype, and this particular Skype, we were not able to see, like, uh, you're seeing me face-to-face. We didn't do a face-to-face this go-around, and she said because she uh, was doing something, and I and I didn't even question. I said, okay, no problem. So I said, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this mess, this is what you guys got to do, you're running the house, blah, 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 blah. And um, I'm still paying bills for this place I'm staying at in the regular state. So we got that over the thing, and she said she was doing fine. Oh, she said her throat was hurting. So I told her what she needed to do, and she said, okay, she was going to do that. Um, and then my son went out. So then I decided to call him because I have a way of calling. I am always reachable. Um, I might not get back to you that moment, but if it comes to me, I'll be able to talk to you um, in a time we'll set up a time. That's what I love about the services I have and the connections that I have, that I am reachable by phone or by email at any time. So um, I talked to my son for a little bit, and he was kind of worried about his sister, and he told me that she didn't look so hot. So I was like, okay. And he said he was going to do some errands, and then he was going to go back to the house. And I said, okay, no problem. So what I did is I called her on Skype, and she didn't answer the phone. So I didn't think nothing of it too much until maybe, I want to say, an hour to two hours later, I got a phone call from my son uh, saying that my daughter had transitioned, um, and he was um, upset. So uh, first I was dumbfounded and thought that was not possible, and then the automatic mode, which is called survivor mode, either you shut down or you put up. So 
So I went, and I went to my neighbor, who happens to be a nurse. I seen I was in a state of shock, and she walked me through the process. So I called um, some blood relatives uh, to help me, and I called some friends to be able to be there for my son, and um, called, um, I think my, uh, yeah, like blood relatives, to let them know what was going on to get the best support and um, proceeded to break down a little bit um, and was told that I didn't have time to break down, that I had to keep it together and because nobody would understand what I was doing. So what I did is I did like you do in the military, you suck it up and you deal with it. I'll do it at a time. And that I dealt with it. I got on the plane, I got arrangements, shut down my place, let my landlord know that I would not be back um, for a while. And then I got on a plane, and my neighbor took me two hours away, and I was able to get on an airplane. That um, next day, um, on the 7th, and I got back into Arizona on the, actually, the 9th. The eighth or the ninth on day, I think like the next day I was there at nine o'clock. Um, that night, I was able to get in, be in Arizona, and uh, a person on another picked me up from the airport and was there for my son. And I talked to him on and off during a flight during the transition because I was not able to sleep. And then we walked in, and there was a spirit. And then, um, which upset me the most was that um, the police did a report. When I asked for the report, I couldn't get it. When I talked about the body, um, there was a problem with the body. Couldn't see the body. I was told on the phone I'd be able to see the body without no problem that day, blah, blah, blah. But when I got there, there was an issue. Then it was a $350 fee. So could you imagine going through your grief of what's going on and being in a position where all these things are happening and um, you're not able to do what you were told to do, and it's a money game. And that's when I learned that um, I had to be better planning because who perceives someone that young actually transitioning at a young age? But then again, there are signs. So it helped uh, the people that actually were not blood that actually helped me um, get in a position of power and actually helped me uh, release uh, some emotions. And some of my biggest fans, I really want to thank you for helping me come together, get my money together to actually um, – I was on a show called uh, True Psychic Networks. True Psychic Networks, they actually helped me get some funds together uh, to actually uh, give my daughter a great uh, great coming home send-off. Also, from my uh, crowdfunding, uh, people were able to send and actually help me help her transition, which I really appreciated. It was it helped me so much that I was able to do the things that I did in that manner. Now, 
Now, you see that how I was talking, there were so many things that were going on because I also had to uh, get ready to move. I was going to move. I didn't want to stay where my daughter was. So he packed up, got ready, and we moved into another place. When I went back to get the report for my child from the Arizona Police Department, uh, basically, it was just uh, it was not important, and I told them the diagnosis was wrong. The way they uh, diagnosed was she said that's not how she died. It was due to the function of the machine that Davida put her on that actually caused her to have a heart attack. She didn't have any heart condition. She wasn't born with a heart condition, um, but being in the pocket, and that is one of the keys of our medical system, of being. Um, a person of melanated, how they can misdiagnose you, how they can just sweep it under the rug, and it was swept under the rug, totally swept under the rug. Um, no one uh, thought about it. Uh, when my friend that worked for a police department from another uh, town tried to get the report, she cried, and she said, Sassy, they're really sweeping this under the rug. They will not, and I gave her the number and everything. And it wasn't until I ran to another female officer, and she gave me a report, and she said, as far as they're concerned, she's just another black child. It doesn't really matter. That's what she said to me. And I'm like, wow, just another black child. She said, it's your child. But to them, she is just another black person left for them to deal with, in other words. Just another black person. No, so what? No harm, no foul. When I got the autopsy, it was not good. And when I went to seek a lawyer, um, and because, the entities were owned by physicians versus by um, corporate. They had more to lose. I found that out because it was a corporate decision. So when I called them and let them know what was going on, and they knew that the machine was the one that caused her to have a heart attack because it was not doing its job, they sent on someone to my house to actually collect the machine. <laughs> like, she was not even, her body wasn't even cold. Um, I hadn't even been home for two days. They just knew she died, and they, someone knocked on my door and said they were coming to get. Not even giving me a phone call, they showed up and knocked on my door and asked for the machine. That was very suspicious uh, of me, of them to do that. That made me think something was wrong. And when I saw a lawyer, he was like, that's going to be the battle. Guy said that there was a court case that had known for this machine to actually cause people to have a heart attack. But unfortunately, I never got a lawyer uh, to willing to stick up and actually uh, bring her case and get her justice. So that was a little bit disheartening, but what it did give me, it gave me the gumption of knowing, you know what, I'm not happy here, and I want to move. So it gave me the gumption to pack up, move to another state, and then he said, you know what, I don't like this state either. And then back and forth, it gave me the gumption to get up and go to another country and do something without even thinking um, that I could actually fail. 
and went back into that state of mind. Anything that I want to do, I can do. Anything I want to achieve, I will achieve because I am a go-getter, and that's all that matters to me. Because I'm a go-getter, I can get anything that I want to do. So I know that she transitioned, and I know her earth, her time on earth was for a reason. It was also a great blessing uh, to be her mother in this life, in this 3D life form, solid form that I am. But now she watches over me and gives me guidance and communicates. And if you're a spiritual being, you know what I'm talking about. Angels have a purpose in this life, and they do the things that they're trained to do while they are here. And then when they get on the other side, um, I was on the plane, and I was looking in the sky, and I was looking, it reminded me of going up the stairways to heaven, if you know, like the stairs, they were stacked up. And the message that was said to me was, I can help you better on this side than I can help you on that side. And that's what I, I plan to do. So when you're going through your transition of someone that has passed, Please allow the emotion to let it out. Cry, scream, shout, do whatever you got to do. Not to harm yourself or others, but let it out. Release the pain. Because the more you hold that pain in, the harder it gets, the harder it's on your body physiologically, psychologically, but spiritually. So that's what I say to you. When someone's transitioned, feel it. Let the emotion that you feel, the emotions that you feel come through and be okay with it. Understand what it is. It's a life form. And it's also realized this life form has actually transferred in another life energy that they have left you in the 3D realm, but they also are in another energetic form spiritually. And now they're one of your ancestors or elders. And that when you do get despair, that you can call upon them and your ancestors together. I really totally believe in my ancestors and what they have foreseen destined for me. And I said, wow, they must be, they must think I'm stronger than what I am. And it's sometimes shocking because I'd be like, I don't think I'm that strong. But if y'all think I'm that strong, I'm going to keep it going on. So it must be something innate in you that brings forth that energy, that gives that love, that shows up every time. So don't get down no matter what it is or who it is. You know, stay there in that moment of your crying, despair, that That is your right. Don't let anyone tell you how to grieve. People say you'll go into denial. Um, I don't think I ever, I didn't. Everybody goes to grief differently. I never thought um, that she was not here because that presence of her was always in my mind. She would be the person I would talk to and I was, like, thinking in my mind of spirituality, like, you know, at least I got this idea and I want to do that or that. But not only was she my daughter, she was my best friend 
Also, she was my business manager, seeing opportunities, seeing things in me that I didn't think I could actually get to, encouraging me, well, mom, you can actually get that degree. Uh, mom, you can, you, can, you can work on it. I even stopped that because I was in my grieving process, but I thought about it, how much, how proud she would be that I kept it up, how proud she would be that I am where I am today how proud she would be that we went to these different places. And she got to go with us in spiritual sense, um, the physical sense, leaving her ashes in different places that we went, that she'll always be there, that she wanted to travel the world, she got to travel the world with me, and that there is a part of her that is always with me, and there's always a part of her that seeks me. So, when you have an earth angel come into your life, you're able to communicate uh, with them and be in that form of readiness, if you know what I mean. Be in that form of blissfulness. Um, you know what I mean? It, it, it helps. I just really think that um, it's done so much beautiful things to me and for me. So um, being her being in my life, it really uh, did wonderful things for me. It helped. Just interesting. Um, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm texting <laughs> while I'm on the phone, and something I asked for that didn't have quite happened, but that's okay. You know what makes me stronger? Thank you so much. Thank you for the people that are there for my support, and also divine time for the people that are not. So I'm so blessed. Ooh, look at that! I am so blessed that the encounters that I've made, and I mean, I've met people from different organizations that I don't think I ever would have talked to or met before, and the experiences that I have. Um, I had some nice experience um, while she was here in her 3D form, but I've had some wonderful experiences after her transition. Um, gave me some things to think about of my life and how I really wanted, and actually do not um, let my dreams that I want to dream about, do not let them down. Do not uh, despair. Do not get discouraged, but to keep doing what I need to do. And know that I can do all these wonderful things in a wonderful way if I can choose to. You know what I mean? Like, I am so truly, truly blessed to be able to um, open my life and be a key part in a lot of the stuff that I do. You know what I mean? That um, I actually have a doctorate. I actually uh, traveled all over Southeast Asia. I actually got to live in places people only dream about. I've actually met some supreme people where I've been on the – I've been in – I want to say that I've been blessed to actually 
be part of a wonderful, wonderful um, experience of, like, being on TV on International, not once, but a couple of times, um, not knowing the language, <laughs> where I actually they were shooting the TV show, and I had my son shoot the video at the same time. I got to go around uh, Chiang Mai and actually uh, meet with some different expats and uh, people, and I lived among the the Thai people in Dosaket, also in Chiang Mai, Koh Samui, and Phuket. So I got to get some beautiful feelings. I, I love Sabu and the Philippines. Love it, love it, love it. I love living on the island. I, I really feel I am an island girl, and I love the mountains. So I, that's what I love about the big island versus Maui or Oahu is the mountains and the ocean that you, you say, that you see. So now that I know that I'm really an island girl with the mountains and I love water and those coming together, it really helps me get in touch with the things I need to get in touch with. So I had um, thought about doing this in memory of her, my daughter Lacey, because I think uh, it needs to be reminded, ooh, my ear, my ear, my ear, ooh, wow, wow, wow. It's, I mean, it's like ringing. <laughs> so, as they say, maybe a message is trying to come through and I'm not listening good enough, but um, I really love the energy that I found, the prayer I found, the meditation I found, of the magic that I found. And what I believe we're all, there are a lot of magical beings, meaning magic is innate in your DNA and RNA code, meaning that you emanate a certain energy, a certain frequency when you walk in a room, when you vibrate, when you talk, when you sit, when you pray, when you walk, you put out a frequency just like a bird does when they send out signals of when they're flying from east to west or north to south, whatever. They put out a frequency and they go on that frequency, that vibe they feel. We have that vibe ourselves. It's innate in us. It's something we're born with. And when we tune in, the intuitiveness of us, us able to communicate with different realms, different beings, some spirits that have crossed over, some spirits that have not, some spirits that are earthbound, some spirits in a higher realm, some spirits in your high conscious realm, some spirits in other dimensional portals, some in vortex. Some people bring other people through vortexes, and some people bring other beings or frequencies through, um, I want to say, uh, mirrors, not mirrors, but uh, holes in the fabric of time. And I know people are like, oh, my gosh, like now she's going, woo-woo, but it's not woo-woo. We are a spirit. Do you understand what a spirit is? Do you understand what a spirit does? 
Do you understand how a spirit flows? It's an energy. It's a frequency. It's a feeling. It's a, a thought. The first conscious thought that you think is something that you teleport or telepathically say and send out into the universe, that you send out the first thought that you think is that you're communicating a message out there to bring what you just thought to you unconsciously but subconsciously. So when you're thinking of these beings and you're getting in the realms of me or yourself or what you see or what you want, when you keep working in that realm, that realm of your conscious is that muscle that gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And it takes on another total fascination, another view of light that gives you the strength that you need to have. I mean, it is um, beautiful. Just want you guys to think about that. How do you get to that place of getting into that frequency uh, we think of positivity? What is the first thing that you think about? I thought about that changed my mind was my memory of my baby girl. And what I thought about is how she helped me transcend, how she helped me be the mother that I dreamed about being, being the spiritualist that I wanted to be, that I would be, I didn't realize, and she said, Mom, you're a pioneer. Now you think about that. Oh, that means, you you know, you might not be get the credit for doing, be the first one to do that, and that's okay, but you do it, and then you do it, and then you perfect it, and other people just copy. But you know that you're the original. <laughs> How cute is that, right? Like, you are the original. So that's a frequency you sent out. Like, I want to involve new things. I want to do new things. I want to feel new things. So you work in that energy, and when you see that energy that you work in, I mean, it's it's totally life-changing when you go in that energy that, okay, I want to see this, and this is how I think. Now, everybody else is not thinking like you. That's what makes you uniquely you, but you're thinking like, whoa. I want to do blasey, blasey, blue, but it's not society would say or do, so I'm stepping back, and I'm going to figure out what's going on. Don't be afraid to step into your true self. That's what it is. You're stepping into your true self because you're breaking the barriers down. Now, some people say the more uncomfortable you are, oh, my gosh, then you hit on something. Some people say when you just flow through it, then you're at it. So there's different aspects you can see it. If you flow with it or you don't flow with it. Or you can say, I'm feeling uncomfortable, and because it's uncomfortable, I'm going to step back. Now, the question you need to ask yourself is, if I step back into what I'm comfortable, am I going to go further than I was before? So is it really important, I should say, important for me to be comfortable. 
than be uncomfortable and forge ahead. And what does that look like? What are my my way of thinking is always the pros and the cons. What is the pro? I list all the pros. What is the cons? Okay. And then I go for each one. How do I get here? Bop, bop, bop. Bop, 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 bop. That's the analytical brain. That is like um, what a computer does. And we are a human computer. We, but we have emotions and we have frequencies. So we put out things like the web. You know, you ever see the Y web when they're talking and you see all these, um, I like spider webs or whatever that are coming from here and there. That is your brain when you're sending out frequencies, when you're sending out frequency of depression, when you're sending out a frequency of love, when you're sending out frequency of confusion, you just, you're just you shooting like little, uh, I want to say spider webs from your brain. You're casting them out, and they're going, and they're attaching to different things. And then you're pulling that story and that emotion to you. But let's cast out a feeling of happiness. What does happiness feel? Go to your most happiest place. Enjoy, and, and that's what I did for my daughter. What was the happiest time I had with her? What was the best memories I have of her? What if I did this? What would do, or does this present the opportunity I want it to do? And am I afraid of making that change? You know what I mean? Like, what change am I uh, not afraid to make? And if I'm afraid, why am I afraid of it? Because for me, being afraid and fear is a low frequency. You can argue with me, but that's okay. I just think it's a low frequency. It's not something that we're made to feel or we're made to feel, you know, like meaning you're supposed to feel that. I don't think we are. Um, You have an emotion, but I think we need to let it go, Um, that fear. Um, I don't like fear. Um, not saying I haven't felt it. Oh, of course I felt fear. Um, I used to be afraid of, uh, I think it was fear of heights. And I said, you know what, the only way to conquer the bull by the horn is to get on it and just do it. So I would test it. Like certain things I tested, certain things I won't test. Uh, like there is this place that has the glass, um, and you can see all the way down many, many stories. And you're walking on this glass, and I forgot where I was, and it, like, totally, but I walked. And nature was stable (laughs) and said, okay, you're going to get through this because fear is not going to win. It is not an option for you. It is not going to beat you. You're going to go with this hands down and all that good stuff because you deserve to go, go forth. You know what I mean? You deserve it. So I did. I got over that. Um, now, let me tell you another time. Driving on Idlewood, California, going up this mountain is easy. Coming down is in the dark, trying to get home in California. Oh, I was freaking out. Because there is no rails on the side of going down this mountain, and trucks are flying up and trucks are flying down. So I know everybody wanted me to pull over. I was not pulling over. I was not going to stop until I got to the uh, this, this mountain. And I was I did it again. And then I was like, okay, I know at nighttime 
this is not a good time for me. But again, I'm always testing to make sure that I don't let fear take over my life and make sure I don't miss an opportunity to do something. So I want you to live and think about that. Do not let fear distract you from what you did, you're supposed to do and how you can be. And let me tell you, when you're actually on the path, there are sometimes going to be a lot of distractions, whether it's people, situations, all kinds of things, because they do come and they do go. But it's up to you to know that they're a distraction and then back off and go and do what you got to do. And then if the distraction is there, if it's really for you or for you to work out, you'll work it out. Like I said, I want to do something. I put it out there. The universe answered. The universe gave me a source. Now, the thing is, come, do, I, do I have all the tools to be able to make that reality? And if I don't, what am I going to do? I think about it and come up with a game plan. If that don't work, I'm going to maybe rally up and talk to some people that are on my wavelength for us to get together and talk about it and be of a positive mind force so we can come up with a strategy that is going to kick that butt and make it to the next level for what my idea can be and will be. So I'm telling you, that's just what it is. I had, I was determined for a week. I'll give an example. I was determined I was going to make these vegan crab cakes. I was going to make these uh, vegan fish fries, and I was going to make these corn hush puppies. They were supposed to be in a circle, but that's not what happened. <laughs> I had everything to distract me. Good distraction because I made money for one. And the other one for two was that I was able to do some things I was not, I was not in a position to do. So, but eventually, yesterday, I didn't care. There was a lot of distraction coming. I was like, I'm getting this video done. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do the thing. So what I did got my ingredients together. So I had somebody recording, had one part of the video, this part of the video, and it went. And I'm like, you know what? They don't know what I'm doing. So I had to do it. And it, the video, they kept cutting it out. It was not the, intentionally, but they were not able to do it. And it was like, okay, now we're going to run with it. Then I did the fish. And then I did the, the, the hush puppy. And the hush puppies, of course, didn't do the circular thing like I wanted because it wasn't thick enough. So what I did is basically I just made a corn johnny cake. So I took it to enough load. So I took something that could have been to a disaster and made it into something positive and said, I'm just going to do the darn thing. You know what I mean? And I did. And at the end of it, it became beautiful. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The crab cakes looked like real crab cakes. Uh, the the fish with the blossom banana leaves looked like real fish, fish filet that you made. And that was beautiful. And the batter that I made and the, the dry thing, it was beautiful. I mean, it the dry batter. So I had the, it came out beautiful. Now, the process to get everything together was like, okay, this is going to be so good. Now, I got to plan it for my next video. Well, I know now I got to do this, do that, do this, do this to make this video turn out the way I want it to. But you learn. Each time you do something, you live and you learn. It is so beautiful. Because 
I we have our idea of we want perfection, and I watched this baby uh, do something, and they stopped doing something because they said, you know what, I can't get it perfect. And I said, you know what, you know how you know how the best people get their things in order to be a pro. And they and she said, what? And I said, practice, 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 and practice. You just keep practicing, and you make it happen. That never, ever give up on your dream, ever. So I know that uh, Blog Talk is saying that it is time to go. I don't know people here on um, YouTube are still watching me about the transformation. So if you guys want to switch on over, we're going to close out on Blog Talk. I am shutting down in about 34, 34 seconds. So I wanted to say keep dreaming about what you want to dream about. If you have a question, please raise your hand and let me know. Uh, put it, Type it in the YouTube box below, and you will be able to actually uh, talk with me. So I want to say for everybody on Blog Talk, Thank you for listening to me, and also, did I say, um, we're going to close Welcome out. to Food Alchemy Network. You have embarked on a journey of unbelievable resources and talents and understanding. Your body thanks you, your mind embraces you, and all your thoughts are trying, willing, and going into balance with self. Open that portal to the next galaxy, the next universe, the next dimension. Along this trip, our captain extraordinaire is Dr. Cicely D. D'Angelo. Allow her to guide you, introduce you, and embrace our guests with great resources from the unknown to the known, to what we thought, to remove the illusion that you have about yourself, your surroundings, and your vortex of the matrix of which you live. Let's go and embark on this journey. Food Alchemy Network. Dr. Cicely D'Angelo will be crooning and grooving with you along with her illustrious guests that she has presented on this luxury network of Food Alchemy Network. So without further ado, welcome to Food Alchemy Network and welcome our guest and our luxurious host, Dr. Cicely D'Angelo. Blessings. Love.